Grace and Peace. You're listening to episode one of season two, not season one, Carl, of season two of United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a podcast calling for prayer about racial divisions in local churches. On today's episode, we're going to have Shar Davia Walker, call her Shar, uh, and we're going to be talking about interracial relationships. Uh, taking in a little cultural moment of Valentine's Day, Hallmark holiday, but hey, uh, it's an opportunity to talk about this given that it's the 50th anniversary last year was uh, of the Supreme Court decision to strike down uh, racial bans uh, on marriage in the Loving versus Virginia case. Uh, and also because this does, the principles here, while it seems like, oh, we're just talking about dating, uh, they do relate to how we relate to one another, even within the body of Christ, and how we accept one another. Uh, what are we accepting each other based upon? Who are we accepting each other based upon? Uh, so join us for this episode. We're glad to have you. Hi, my name is Shar Walker. I serve on staff in Lynchburg, Virginia with a college ministry called Campus Outreach. Really enjoy, um, honestly, really enjoy discipling college women in Lynchburg. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you, Shar, and i also excited that we got to see each other just recently. So um, one of the things that's funny, or not funny, I don't know why I use the word funny, but interesting is that all three of us are in interracial marriages. So um, so I think we, we are just going to jump right in. Growing up, were you ever discouraged from dating interracially? Or was it ever an issue in your own heart? Was it something that you had to wrestle with in any way? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up in Woodbridge, Virginia. It's about 30 miles south of D.C. And then and now, I would say it is very ethnically diverse. So it wasn't too uncommon in high school, especially for people to date outside of their race. So in that regard, with friends and even with family, it was never... If it was discouraged, people didn't verbally say anything. It felt a bit more normative. But for me, actually, um, the time I had to wrestle with it the most was when I started to like my husband. And I remember I had previously thought, oh, I would easily, you know, date any ethnicity. Um, I thought a lot of different types of men were attractive, so I didn't discriminate in that regard. But I was I was actually really nervous to date my husband initially because he was from Birmingham um, Alabama. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm really starting to like this guy, but should I, should I go down this road? Like this could be really hard. Um, and so, and even like we had differences in like how we grew up and personal preferences and stuff like that. So I feel like the time I really had to wrestle with it in my own heart was when I started to like him, um, and kind of saw what the Lord was doing then. I've gotten questions before about um, 
the relationship and and people want to know is it act is it hard is there any advice and and I I'm really honest uh, for Thurn and I we have not had any major difficulty cultural clash or any, but we there have been aspects of how I was raised in my some of my preferences that, that where we've 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 had to ask questions of even minor things like how we want our kids to engage in music. So I grew up on Motown and R&B and old school hip hop. And I, and so, and he grew up on ABBA or ABBA or however. <laughs> that the dancing queen people? Yes. So yeah, see, yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> so, so, so we have these, these cult, these cultural things that, um, We've had to think through, especially when we have, because we have kids and we, I want, and he wants um, that to make sure they're exposed to all sorts of culture, not just ours. So, so is there anything that's been difficult now that you're married? Okay. So you had that hesitation before, but is there anything now that you're married that you see that, uh, that maybe you were afraid of that's actually proven to be true or that you've had to work through? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I feel like our difficulties as they relate to ethnicity for us have mostly been external. Um, so, so and these I would say are relatively are minor. So we get the kind of the stares and the looks, and you know that can create elements of uncomfortableness. But we, sure, we, yeah, we get by that. I mean, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal. Um, one thing that has been weird is when we go out to eat, we'll get uh, asked if we want separate checks. Separate checks. Oh, my word. I'm but not sure why that is. <laughs> Third and I do, too. Not so much now in Nashville, but in East Tennessee, all the time. We yeah. were wow. consistently wow. asked if we were separate. And it, we would be so clearly together holding yeah. hands. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Okay. Well, yes. that's interesting. So that's what we've been like, okay. Um and definitely the hardest for us has for sure been family members who didn't agree with us dating or getting married. I would say for us, the hardest challenge has been, you know, how do we navigate those conversations in a way that is really humbling and honest and honoring to the Lord? But some of the more minor things we've noticed that ha- I would attribute to ethnicity, they might not be, have been like, Paul, my husband, grew up watching the Andy Griffith show. And I watched like Fresh Pins of Bel Air or right, right. And Living Color <laughs> or something like that. Or um, he last weekend went camping and likes to camp, and I prefer to sleep in a bed. So, right. um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he put on lotion for the first time maybe that two is weeks ago. Hilarious. So, and I carried, I carried around with me all the time. So, yeah, it's it's definitely been uh, those are some of like the silly things that we've noticed. And right, we kind of joke around about, but overall, I would say for sure, being married to Paul, we have both felt like there is a unique opportunity to really display the reconciling nature of the gospel, and especially among people groups that have historically and even at times presently disliked each other, or there's been tension, and I do think. In a very small way, we get to be a picture of like, what could the gospel do in bringing people not just to God himself, but to one another. So that's been I agree. A, a privilege as well. Shar, just just to jump in, I appreciate you bringing out that aspect because 
Uh, I remember my pastor even preached about this soon after the election. He was talking about how, you know, folks who who are going to call themselves Christians but not be willing to let their kids date outside of their race, um, they're effectively saying, you know, we share the same Savior. They might not be denying the salvation of someone outside their race, but we won't share our daughter or our son with another. Uh, and that's to say we share... We claim to share the most important thing, but we won't share our families, which is a tragic thing. So I really appreciate you bringing out that reconciling aspect. Um, just, I mean, this this topic, I mean, I'm, I really appreciate you sisters just bring out the funny things because it can be so difficult, right? I mean, I was walking, I mean, I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes, but walking down the street and being accused of, because I was holding my wife's hand, being called effectively a rapist and a nigger by i mean just a crazy per i mean it was just like it was bizarre and it really is i just want to say it's a lie from hell that that you know to do this would be sin i mean that's really where you know when people want to use passages and really actually not just say it's wrong but say it's sin uh and i just want to say that clearly because uh some people say that that it's that it's that it's sinful uh, they'll look at a passage like Deuteronomy 7 where it's talking about, you know, forbidding intermarrying. Um, and I just want to make clear that that's not about, you know, that's not about pseudoscience race based out of like kind of an 1800s modern idea of race. That's that's about God's holiness. Uh, and if you read verse four that he makes it clear, he's like, these people are going to lead my people to other gods. So I just wanted to say that. Uh, but given the heaviness of that, Char, what's been some of the encouraging things as you've been looking at the kind of reconcilia- reconciliation aspect of that? Uh, you were getting to that, but I cut you off and said all that. So, Yeah, just that, um, honestly, it has been, I think in and of itself, marriage is obviously the picture God has given us to represent our relationship or the church's relationship with himself. And yeah, like, I mean, honestly, like I was saying before, we just we've seen it more. It has come with difficulty at times. And we do definitely see it as an opportunity as well. Of Just like we get to be a small picture to the world of what Christ actually can do among people groups. And I would say is presently doing as well. So numbers 12. Um, I read this passage at a at a talk recently, and I asked how many people had ever heard about um God, where when he he um, struck Miriam white because he uh, because Miriam and Aaron they opposed Moses for marrying a Cushite, which um, I believe it would have been Ethiopian, regardless, a, a dark woman, and um, and so many people have never read that. So I want to encourage our listeners if you get a chance read. Numbers 12, and and you can um, search out. I know that um, there have been different pastors, not a lot, who have addressed this, but but it is it is striking to me. I just I'm going back to what Isaac was saying. How um, how clearly the Lord rebuked, and not only rebuked, but um, caused there was consequences for the, her sin. Um, how clearly he rebuked uh, Miriam and Aaron for for speaking out against Moses for marrying a Cushite woman, and and some of the, the, the these scriptures people don't know about, they don't look at, and I 
And um, so I think it's really important as we're thinking through, is interracial marriage okay? Well, even God (laughs) opposed um, someone when they opposed Moses. And so I think we need to, it's just so clear. But then we can just look at Ephesians Two, and we can look at the gospel, and that makes it clear as well. <laughs> that so, so I just, yeah, I just wanted to point to that. I receive probably at least once a month. It's it's not been as much, but especially um, last year and the year before, questions about how do we how do we deal when we are opposed. So I just told this story. God obviously doesn't. There isn't consequences for everyone who pushes against, like that that striking of a consequence pushes against interracial marriage, but um, we do experience it. Um, I have not, but but what do we what do we say to someone who maybe is a family member, or or maybe they are you're walking down the street? That well, that's a little different. Someone who in relationship with yeah. you. Yeah, um, my someone, si- that situation I was in was just bizarre. Yeah, that's like, bizarre. Probably, yeah, yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah, someone in the church, someone who you know. Well, how do we? How do we encourage them? I have thoughts, but I would love to hear from you guys. Sure. Yeah. 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 I um. I would just say from the beginning, those conversations are so hard. You know, mm-hmm. there there is an element sister. where you're just. You and we feel this where we're like, we really want to honor the Lord in our speech and how we say things and what we say. Um, and at the same time, we don't want to back down if something was said that was offensive or really hurtful, and we want to help in that regard. Um, so you know, when we've had the conversation, one thing that Paul and I have done, or we're like, let's examine ourselves first. And you know, was there any area like that we could personally be growing in before or as we go to confront a brother and sister in the faith who maybe has sinned against us or doesn't understand. Um, But one thing, honestly, one thing I'm learning is I actually might not always be the person to have that conversation with someone. Um, And I've really learned one of the privileges also of being in an interracial relationship. There have been times where Paul, I think people, because he is white, I think sometimes other white people are probably just going to listen to him a little bit differently than they listen to me when he comes to them with truth. And while that, you know, that shouldn't be the case, you should be able to speak truth and be like, truth is truth and people should receive it. But, you know, there is an element where I think people will receive it differently based on who's saying it. It shouldn't be that way, but that's at this point seems like the world we live in. So I think there have been times where, where he, where he's actually had to go to people and say, like, if it was an offense to me, like, as my husband, um, this was offensive or hurtful to my wife. And these are the reasons why. And seeking reconciliation and a coming back together. And that's speaking specifically, I would say that's specifically your people you're in relationship with and people who are believers. Because I just, I always come back to like, we are in the same family of God. So, you know, that's another one of the beautiful things about marriage is, two separate people come together, they become one flesh, but they're actually also family. So like when I walk into the church building that I go to, like I do have the lens that this is my family and we, you know, we should be able to talk about the hard things. If the gospel is true, 
I think there is an element where we should feel freedom to confess and admit where there is wrong on our part and then also seek forgiveness. So I don't know if that I hope that answered the question, but I will yeah, say it's yeah. a, it's a difficult. Yeah, it's a weighty and it's a personal and a heavy kind of topic even to engage with others. It is. It is, especially when someone if someone is confused or opposed, because really it, it's in a lot of ways. It's it's about our personhood, who we are as a as a person. And so when someone um, rejects the idea of of interracial marriage, it can be, it can feel like you're you're rejecting my, my as me as a well, and they are, but at everything about me, the person who I am. So, so it is, it's, it can be really difficult, um, to hear. And I, I, my family has always embraced our marriage, both Thern's side and my side. So I haven't experienced that, but, um, how, how might we encourage someone who has been hurt by others opposed, um, to their pursuit of someone of another ethnicity how do we encourage someone to to forgive to move towards that as you and it sounds like Paul have done yeah um I would say you know it's Romans 8 has been super huge for me if God is for us who can be against us because I think in those moments if you're if you're on the receiving end of whoever doesn't you know whoever doesn't want you to be the one who's being dated I don't know how to say that. It's kind of confusing. But if you're on the receiving end, it, it can feel like your your dignity and your identity is your personhood is attacked or offended. Um, and, and I would say based on Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? There is an element of encouragement that both our attention, the attention and the affection of God. We have that in Christ. Like we have both the attention and the affections of God. And so that that is where your dignity lies is being an image bearer of God. You're if you're redeemed and you're born again, like that's your hope. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest things I've had to remind myself of um, in those moments where I feel like, you know, it can it can feel like you're a little you're a little bit less than a human. Um, So and and I would also say as an encouragement, if they are believers um, God's word really does have power and it transforms and it could be as slow as molasses. Sometimes it feels like, but it really does have the power to transform people's lives. And I would say there takes a ton of humility that I'm learning to just give God's word room to do that in its time. And I think God really does provide providential conversations or whatever needs to happen where there are small steps taken in the right direction um, and reconciliation. But yeah, I think I'm personally just learning um, like anyone's sanctification. It It's a process. So Amen. I mean, Char and Char, I just appreciate you sisters just addressing this topic. I mean, and not just because this episode is coming out on Valentine's Day, but uh, because people don't you know, I think it's still a surprise to some people uh, uh, that people would be opposed to this idea. And, you know, as pe- uh, even talking about interracial marriage. And then as soon as you bring up anything, frankly, in the race conversation, but even on this topic, you know, people are saying, 
uh, from any side, like, oh, so you're saying interracial marriage is better or worse? You know, it's just it's just not true. But it's just the reality that folks in churches like they struggle with this. This is a very real uh, struggle uh, in terms of couples struggling with the opposition they're facing from whoever they're facing it from. Uh, and uh, folks then also not knowing that it's a struggle. So and Char, just talking about the slow as molasses, I think that's that is how it so often feels in this kind of weak flesh we have. Uh, but given I mean, we're talking about I mean, the anniversary of loving the 50th anniversary was last year. And we're in this new year. But that was 2017. I mean, that was 50 years. Uh, and yet, like, we're still having this conversation and still uh, needing to have it. So I say at this point, uh, sisters, if we can, Char, what we do, just we just pray. Uh, it's called United We Pray and just praying uh, that the Lord would do that work, grabbing any kind of theme from this conversation. I think that um, one of the other aspects of working towards forgiveness is to pray. <laughs> so praying for um, those those who have wronged us or praying that people will ch- will change is so essential. So I'm glad that we're now about to transition to prayer because I think for my own heart, anytime I have been wounded to pray for, for those who have wounded me um, and to pray for my own heart, Recenters, re- refocuses me on the 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 main thing, the the right thing. So, and I think that's, I mean, what Char was talking about, like when we let God's word work in the midst of that kind of quietness of just letting it work. Often, what we need to be doing is just praying. It's just often it's just like taking that burden to the Lord. So, why don't you do that first trail? Char will follow, and then I'll close. Well, God, I thank you so much for this opportunity that we can come before you, that we can pray. Um, that we could join voices, um, join hearts, God, and and ask you to change hearts, Lord. Um, God, if there is anyone who is listening, who might even be a closet, they wouldn't say it out loud, but they struggle with this issue. Lord, would you allow them to to repent where repentance is needed, Lord. You say, you tell us in your word that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. So God, we can trust you to work in hearts. And God, so I pray that that you would, that um, those who would need to repent would repent. And God, if there's anyone who is listening, who has been, who has been hurt, um, and we know there are. <laughs> well, Lord, I just pray that you would give them grace upon grace to um, to forgive and to love. Um, it, it, to love it, in in some ways, it may be an enemy, God, and that's you've called us to this radical love, <laughs> love of enemies, love of those who persecute, love of those who hate us. It is radical and can only be done by your spirit, God, and only by your grace. So God, I pray that you would pour that out on all of us um, who needs to forgive those who've wounded us, especially and specifically in this in this area. So God, we trust you. We know that you are faithful and good and that you will do this good work in our hearts. God, your word um, says that as your chosen ones, we are to put on compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. 
And Father, I pray and I plead that as your people, would these be the characteristics that really do mark our lives, Lord? And um, just pray that we wouldn't forget, uh, as we're in partnership with other believers that might look different than ourselves, Lord. God, I pray that we would we would see ourselves as one body in Christ, unified. Lord, I pray for the humility to examine our own hearts and see the ways that you yourself are really sanctifying and growing us. And, and also, Lord, that we would, in boldness and, and kindness and gentleness, um, God, would we help others to also see the areas that you're growing them in as well. Um, and so, Lord, I thank you for the gift of marriage that you have given to us as a picture or a representation of your commitment and your relationship with your people. Um, And so, God, I pray that we would continue to see the ways that the gospel and what Christ has done on our behalf really is continuing to bridge multiple gaps and barriers that in our flesh and in our sinfulness, we keep building up and resurrecting. So God, pray and submit that you would continue to tear down the, the, the dividing walls of hostility um, that we continue to see in our culture today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for the time uh, to come and to pray to you. Father, we thank you for our spouses and the gift they are. Father, we pray for those who are listening to this podcast and are single, uh, whether they're just taking Paul up on what he said about singleness and its goodness, Lord. We thank you for that. Uh, Father, we pray not only that they would be content in that, Lord, but that they would be enjoying that. Uh, me using it for all the purposes you might have for them. Father, we pray for widows and widowers who are listening to this. Uh, Father, those who have maybe who have lost someone of any ethnicity, Lord, would you comfort them? And Father, we do pray for this difficult topic, uh, Father, uh, that people can feel so deeply, Lord, of becoming one flesh and yet being denied. Father, I pray that for anyone that they wouldn't be fearing man, uh, whether that be uh, any man bearing any glint of racism, Lord, this is an expression of that, any kind of opposition to this idea uh, of two people coming together and making one flesh, whether they be from uh, what we would say is different races, Lord. Father, we pray that your word, your word would work, Lord. And even if it seems slow to us, Lord, we trust that it is accomplishing the purposes you have for it. So, Father, we can we can we just confess our trust in you because you are our hope. We know that your word will work. Father, I pray that it would just work. I pray that it would work on everyone on this conversation, everyone listening to it, Lord. Father, I pray that it would work uh, in people's hearts, even as they, as, as folks are even thinking about potential spouses, that they would never be thinking, I want to marry this kind of spouse only. Or this kind of spouse because they do something people from my own ethnicity don't do. Lord, let us not think in these kind of superior, these kind of shallow ways that are infused with just kind of prideful thinking. Father, help us to love one another according to your word, especially in your church, Father, as these conversations uh, arouse. Help people to share their experience in edifying ways. Father, pray for those who are listening uh, that they would be driven into their churches if this podcast kind of arouses questions or difficulties, Lord, let them run to their churches and be comforted, Lord, with the comfort we have received from you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Well, thank you for joining us on United We Pray. I want to thank Shar particularly and her husband, Paul, for helping uh, and just sharing about their experience. And Paul was also helping behind the scenes with audio stuff. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Shar, for joining us. If you want to find out more about United We Pray, you can visit our website at praypod.com. That's praypod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at praypod. You can email us at praypod at gmail.com praypod at gmail.com with any feedback we love feedback so we love it in person shout out to josh and steph chapman and all the homies at del rey baptist church hey i know you're listening um we love feedback just getting in person and was encouraged by the that brother and that sister recently uh, we love feedback online so i you can go to itunes and you can rate and review us every little bit helps so folks ask me hey how can i help your podcast rate and review that's a wonderful way to help you can pray for us as well of course we would welcome that this episode was recorded mixed and produced by carl magnuson our beloved and faithful producer the design and logo was done by rob alvey thank you rob The song you've heard on this episode is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It's a great reminder of our focus. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. This has been episode one of season two of United We Pray. On behalf of my co-host Trillia and myself, I want to thank you for joining us. Grace and peace.